listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Hello again, and welcome to the Batman Universe Commentaries, and for this episode, we are talking about the very initial pilot for the The Batman cartoon show. My name is Donovan, and today I'm joined by... This is Dustin. And um, this is this should be an interesting commentary, because this is the first episode in the first uh, Batman animated series to not be derived from the Batman animated series, quote-unquote. You know, by that I mean uh, this cartoon, The Batman, as the title was done independently of the uh, Bruce Tim, Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, et cetera, et cetera, animation team. This this came out around the time that um, Justice League was on the air and Batman Begins was coming on. I think the same month that Batman Begins came out. And this was this is a kind of a big deal for Batman because this is the first iter- animated iteration of Batman be, uh, that came after Batman the Animated Series. So there should be a lot of fun things to talk about. Before we actually start talking about the episode as we're watching it, is there anything we want to say about this episode in particular, or even the series in particular, broadly speaking, before we uh, before we get started? Well, this episode actually it came out in September of 2004, so it was a little bit before Batman Begins, but as you said, it was in the middle of when Justice League was on um, the air. Um, th- this is also an interesting take because... Um, as, I, as I talked about on the commentary for On Leather Wings, the the show itself, again, had to basically prepare itself for what they were going to do. And one of the things that they, they did really a really good job with the series, and I will be the first to admit that I had issues with this series, but <laughs> the, the, the one thing that I think they really did well is, again, they it was even more so long-form storytelling in this series than any of the other series outside of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I think that, you know, from the very beginning, Batman is younger in his in his career. He's only about in his third year as Batman. Uh, there is no Robin until later on. There's no Batgirl until later on. You see villains actually um, pop up as time progresses based off of long-form tor- storytelling, hinting at things that started from the very beginning, going into the later, and then even later, with the fifth season of the show, we, we see the introduction of a lot of members of the Justice League and things like that, and it focusing a lot more heavily on that. And I think it was just a really interesting way of doing it. Now, with Batman the Animated Series, there was a lot of ongoing things like the, the, the saga of Two-Face kind of continuing, or starting with the first appearance of Two-Face and on Leather Wings, and then you actually see Two-Face come to be. But there's a lot of things that, you know, just existed. We did see a lot of origins for a lot of the characters in Batman the Animated Series, but uh, but there's not a lot of, like, specifically long-form storytelling. There's things that happen, but they take place over a very short amount of time. Now, that's not to say that things, there's not a continuity, because I did say that there was continuity, mm-hmm. because you, did, you do see Tim come to be part of the Bat family. You see him become Robin. You see Nightwing you know, give up the mantle of Robin and become Nightwing. You see these changes in the series as the series progresses. But I think with this show, they did the much more 
detailed where, you know, Barbara Gordon's introduced and you see Barbara Gordon as Barbara Gordon for a while. And then later she becomes Batgirl. She's very, she's very green. She's not very good at being a sidekick. And then as time progresses, she gets better and better and better. And then by the fifth season, I mean, she's, she's a full fledged sidekick who has basically been trained by Batman. Same thing with the introduction of Robin, I believe, in Season 4. So, I mean, there's a lot of really cool things that they did with this series that I liked. Um, and there's some things that I said that I didn't like, and we'll get to those when we do the commentary. Okay, yeah. Um, as, yeah, as I said, I, I'm actually looking forward to, to uh, discussing this, because I think in terms of, like, uh, our niche as the Batman universe, um, I you know, the series has been off the air for a while now, and, um, you know, I, th- I think people overall don't hate this. You know, I know people hate the series, but, like, the majority opinion isn't exactly spiteful, but we can definitely get into it uh, as we watch the show. So, enough talk. Uh, let's get into the main meat of this commentary, the episode itself. So, as as we always do, grab your popcorn, grab your um, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> I don't know. Grab all the food you like to eat and um, get it ready. We will uh, – we are paused at zero, zero. And after a count of three, we will play the episode. So, starting in three, two, one, play. Green skies, <laughs> as opposed to red. Now, this is... um. It's interesting for this episode to kind of start off with, uh, I think people who watch anime series are more familiar with Rupert Thorne, although he was from the comics, but uh, I, I kind of like the fact that they brought, you know, a really lesser-known Batman villain in here right up front to kind of show that, like, you know, they at least know of the character's history, and it's clearly not the same version. This is actually pretty neat. <laughs> they take on a Dorn is a bit more of an Italian maybe not even Italian but like you know sort of a sleazy yeah, yeah kind of guy it's weird that they, it really is weird that the sky's are green <laughs> it looks really odd to me I don't think I can say I've ever seen a green sky unless there was a really bad storm and even then not that green or pollution in the air So the other thing that was really interesting about this series compared to some of the other ones is that, and they've done this with other ones, but specifically different from Batman the Animated Series, the fact that they have the intro in the actual, of the show is is not, you know, immediately as the show starts. Oh, like a cold opening. Yeah, they have the, the open, the little opening kind of hinting at what's happening in the episode, then they go to the intro. That happens more commonly now, um, but... This it was different than Batman the Animated Series. I know that they did that with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Um, if I were, if Batman Beyond always had the intro first, mm-hmm. so it's it's just interesting that they chose to do that. The other thing is the intro is is basically just a montage of all the cl- all kinds of clips from the actual show. It's not specifically made except for that last sequence when the bat's flying, he's standing with the skyline behind him. It's not made for the show. It's it's not like the intro was for Batman the Animated Series or Just League or Just League Unlimited. It's specifically 
just a montage of clips. Which I mean, <laughs> I do prefer an original origin, you know, or I say oranges intro sequence personally, but um. I think that the theme is interesting, actually. I, I, I think the theme is actually pretty neat. It's kind of it's a little eerie as opposed to, like, you know, operatic. This is one thing that I always take away from the show is the fact that, like, the gadgets are very kind of shiny and, like, really, like, like kind of, like, slick-looking, like, you know, technologically stylized uh, tech. Yeah, I would agree, and I think one of the things that... One of the things I always thought when I first saw the show, because I didn't see the show until it was on for, I believe, two seasons. I saw some episodes on um, Kids WB at the time. And I I think that uh, one of the things that they did, especially with the creation of the Batmobile and the whole idea of the Batwave, it was really designed as what can we really do to make sure that the toy company can really do some really cool things. Uh-huh. You know, I think that, like, you know, when you do with a cartoon, you can't, like, like you know, point your finger and say, Jack Hughes, when they do that. But um, it's very apparent. <laughs> it's interesting when it's when the amount of uh, obviousness to it is, is always intriguing. Um, another thing about the show is that, like, I think that Alfred is portrayed to be a lot more of an active... Uh, uh, I don't want to parse my words here. Like, he's a lot more of an active operative with Bruce Wayne than this. Like, he's, he's really his, his friend. You know, even though he's uh, serving him cereal and stuff. Um, and there are t- I think that's kind of nice. There are times where I think that Alfred is a bit too... Uh, I don't know. Like, he kind of, like... like He, he kind of butts in a lot in this show. And that, that I remember. I, I've not seen a lot of it. In fact, the majority of it I've really not seen. But um, I did see this episode when it first aired. And I have not seen it since. So I do recall uh, certain things about the show that I might have gotten wrong. Or may have evolved over time. Really weird seeing Bruce Wayne eat cereal at a in, in, in the couch with the t-shirt on. I suppose like the big table, you know, eating in a fancy dining room. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of in, more interesting things. There's there's odd things. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's some things where how often do we see Batman eat? Hardly ever. If anything, we see Alfred constantly making comments that Batman's not eating anything, but you know the weird blended shakes or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. here he is, you know, watching the news, eating, uh, sitting here eating cereal on the couch. Yeah, it's 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 like I'm not saying I hate it, but it is very like disconcerting, and it kind of, kind of strikes the idea that he is a very young Batman. I mean, this Batman's probably still in his twenties, to be honest. Um, they just introduced uh, the cops for the show, um, Ethan. Bennett, I think, yep. and um, Ellen Yin, who's obviously, which obviously is an to Ellen Yindle from Dark Knight Returns, so, which is nice, I'd like to find that these guys have read the comics in some capacity. <laughs> um, to get in our, you know, especially since the girls on here, to get in our, our requisite Spider-Man reference, Rina Romano famously voiced Spider-Man in uh, the PlayStation and Dreamcast Spider-Man games in the less successful uh, Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon series, which sucked. Uh, what are your thoughts on him as Batman? In this cartoon, you know, I don't really think that he did a horrible job, but I, I'm not as big of a fan of him as Kevin Conroy, and I think part of it had to do with because we had Kevin Conroy as Batman for such a long period of time, mm-hmm. it was kind of disconcerting to hear 
uh, a different voice being Batman. It's also a much. It almost felt like there was a much lo- uh, lighter oh, role. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, let me interrupt. No, you got a good point here, though. It's <laughs> well. I mean, this I do. This is one of the things I do. I always remember when this came out. People really did not like this. This uh, like the design, the visualization of the Joker, like you know, with no shoes and the Rossiferian body language and the in the wacky hair. Yeah. Um, this is, I do remember this, like, there's, like, Bruce Timm, Alan Burnett, Paul Dini coming out of the Arkham Asylum, like, that's what happened to them, they got locked away and someone made a new cartoon. Yeah, it's from the voice, like, I wasn't a huge fan of it, he, he came across as a much lighter tone, and I didn't really like that as much, I didn't really like the idea of having... Um, Batman be so funny when he was in costume. Like, even when, like, the opening sequence, well, not opening sequence, but when Batman comes back to the Batcave and he sees the birthday cake, he's still wearing the cowl. He talks to Alfred and says, well, Alfred, that's very nice of you, but it's not my birthday. <laughs> I mean, like, the, like, that opening dialogue between the two of them, I was just like, what? Are you serious? This is what we're getting? <laughs> and here, like, he's, like, you know, macking on some honeys, as the kids like to say. And, like, they look like they're, like, college sophomores. And the other thing I really, really don't like is the the idea of the bat wave. That is a bit, like, again, like, kind of a toy kind of thing. Um I don't know. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll say this. I do not hate this series. I, I've not watched 75% of it, but I really don't have any ill will towards the series. Because I understand the position they were in to kind of, you know, not only do something different, but also they don't want to try to mirror something and make it as dark as the previous cartoons. So I sympathize with that. Um, I know there's a different kind of style. Um, that's a really nice shot, though, him in the car. But there are some things, as a Batman fan, that I'm, I am very not accustomed to. Like, I don't think, I think Reno Milano's performance in himself is okay, but his voice isn't what I would, because I don't think it has, like, the darkness in Batman's, you know, voice. I don't, I don't think it kind of has, like, the personality that, that kind of shows that this, this character is really tortured mentally. It doesn't really give off that vibe. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a costume adventurer as opposed to, you know, uh, the Dark Knight that he probably should be, but, you know, I'm, I, yeah, it's, it's a personal thing more than, like, a, you know, a factual thing. Yeah, and to contrast what I was saying with uh, Batman the Animated Series, where, you know, we had an episode, the first episode featured uh, Bam Bat, which was a very unknown character, and here we have them focusing on the Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, you know, that's fine if you want to focus on the Joker, because at this point it had been quite some time since the Joker had appeared in the movie. You really weren't going to get the comparisons. The only comparison you were going to get was Joker uh, from the animated series as... as uh, as Mar- from Mark Hamill. So, I mean, when you get the Joker in such a very, very different style, different voice, everything is extremely different about the character. It's just, it comes across as very odd. It's, 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 it's a total culture shock, really. I think that the voice by, the Joker's voice is actually very good. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, who, uh, who's done a lot of cartoon voices. It's a nice scene where Batman tries to, wipe off his paint and it doesn't work but I mean like I mean like um, you, do, you do wonder at certain points did they go overboard in making it too different like a Rossiferian Joker I don't think that this is totally outside of the Joker's personality but at the same time we've never seen that before <laughs> and then 
you know, not just that, but then the fact that the first time he sees Batman is that he's up in the, uh... The rafters? Yeah, the rafters, like a monkey. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> I hear you face falling. <laughs> well, at the same time, though, it is interesting to, again, like, for a new show... Uh, I do have a knee-jerk consternation to have Joker be in the first Batman story, just uh, anywhere, because it feels very easy. But, you know, like, you know, it's the first time they're meeting, so it's, it's, that's, that's that. He didn't shoot his parents, which I'm eternally grateful for. Um, and, like, essentially seeing Batman kind of react to him for the first time. She jumped into the river with, like, a, a jacket on. It's a little... I guess this is a better time than any to talk about the main problem I had with the series, is the animation style. Okay. Um, I really, really did not like the animation style on this. It, 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 this was the beginning of a lot of the the Japanese influence, in my opinion, with the animated series. You know, when you look at them in the animated series, a, lot, a little known fact is that it was actually, a lot of the animation was still produced in Japan yes. for that series. But it did not look as if it had a Japanese influence. Um, I would say, and I, I and I would, I, I, you know a lot more about this than me, but I would say that like in the late '90s, Japanese animation was becoming much, much more popular here uh-huh. in the United States, and because of that, that's part of the reason I think that because the show was trying to get away from what Bruce Timm's designs were, this show they decided, okay, maybe we can start to use a little bit of that influence. We see it more down the road with, uh, not so much with Batman Brave and the Bold, but even most recently with Beware the Batman. There's a very, very strong influence of Japanese animation, in my opinion. And I, as much as I, I don't have a problem with it, but when you have a character that is an American character, you really shouldn't see so much of the Japanese style. I mean, like, even, even to the point where, like, with Batman's cowl, the way it is, his eyes are yeah. always tinted. The fact that uh, Ellen Yin, her eyes are so large and, and, you know, brought back towards the back of her head, while you have Ethan Hunt have completely different style eyes, it's it's just kind of odd to me. I, I, I uh, sympathize. I think, yeah, I actually generally like, like, like the design of Batman, but his head, his cowl shape, it looks really weird to me. It, it looks like a weird oblong head shape, and Bruce Wayne's as well. But like the rest of the design, I actually don't mind. I kind of like the fact that he kind of looks like he has a bit, like claws in his gloves. Um, you know, a lot. Of, I, I do know that the guys who made this show were the people behind the, <laughs> the Jackie Chan Adventures, which was another show on the kids that we yep. made at the time. And um, you can kind of see it here. One thing that you can say about the show is that the action is a lot more martial arts choreographed than I think any other Batman cartoon, which I think is, to a certain extent, can be applauded. Yeah, and I would agree to that, and I think that's actually a really good way to describe it. There's a lot more... The action sequences are much more choreographed than previous incarnations of Batman. And that is that is a huge plus when you think about it, because it is a big aspect of, of Batman, is the, the fact that he is a martial artist, that he is an extremely good fighter. But there's there's other elements that... I think the problem is there's a line you have to draw. Like, great choreographed fight sequences are great, 
But when you, but when you are sitting there and you're looking at a character and thinking this character doesn't look like he's from America or from the East Coast, <laughs> you don't. I'm not seeing that when I look at Bruce Wayne. He's got a very weird style that, ever since now that you say that, <laughs> looks like Jackie Chan from Jackie Chan's Adventure, just a little bit different. Well, I mean, yeah, you don't you don't want it to be something that's not essentially. Um, I had I had a personal problem <laughs> with the idea that, that Bruce. And this this cop dude uh, like played basketball in high school, but that's only because like there are there are multiple versions of Batman like as, when he was younger, and at, at, at what age he actually went traveling on his adventure or you know to train and stuff. So that's not really something I can like you know throw up and say they got exactly wrong. Um, this guy uh, Ethan Detective Ethan Bennett I think his name is. Um, he actually I do know that he actually has a storyline that that's culminates at the end of this first season, which I I actually do like. Yeah, it, it's an interesting. That's what I was talking about kind of earlier when I was talking about the long form storytelling. The this character has is is brought in very is brought in and focused on even though he's he didn't exist outside of the the TV series. Yeah, and then they they he eventually turns into Clayface, but it is progresses the entire story of his character progresses over the entire first season, and then it's one of those things they do really interesting. Yeah, that was, that was one. I, remember, I remember seeing that episode. We, we might do a commentary on that later on. Um, and, like, you know, there's obviously you're, you're the two-faced parallels where a friend becomes an enemy, but, like, it was really interesting. And I, I do think that this show, because we did a commentary a couple years back about Batman vs. Dracula, and there are times where this show is legitimately, like, kind of eerie and creepy in its own style when it works. But I think that broadly it does kind of go for the – I don't want to say goofy because it's not goofy but or silly, but it's just – it's not as effectively. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't really tend to compare this to a Batman anime series as often as I, I might like to. But when the comparisons can be made, it um, I, you know, sometimes it's the preference of style. But sometimes it's a preference of how effective some things can be. The other thing I find just a little weird, which it's not necessarily a problem that I have, but it's a little weird, is that whenever you see a shadow of Batman. It's always the same exact shape. Uh, when Batman's like falling and you see a shadow, which is interesting because there's a lot of shows nowadays that won't even bother doing shadows. Um, the uh, you you see his cape always flow perfectly down towards the bot or towards the ground, and when he's jumping in the air and they it casts a shadow, it's always that perfect shape of a bat with the you know frilled edges. Yeah, I, 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 I do think it's a kind of a style thing. Um, you know, one thing that, um, Stella and I talked about, uh, I think it was on her show, we talked about Mad Love, is that this Joker not only is, like, you know, kind of a, uh, acrobatic kind of character, but he actually tries to fight against Batman. Are you, are you more of a Batman fan where you like just Batman, seeing Batman just punch him over repeatedly, or do you like the idea that Joker and Batman can kind of, like, you know, fight toe-to-toe, proverbially speaking? I, I think the idea of Joker... I that well okay. I don't like the idea of Joker being able to be in a fist fight with Batman. Joker would never be able to match up. The whole reason Joker was, a, in my mind, is a, is a interesting villain is because he doesn't care and he creates all these different these different traps or or chemicals or stuff or chemicals and things like that that Batman has to basically stop. And the the reason why they're so good is because Joker just doesn't care about the end result. And Batman has to care about what's happening, and that's one of the reasons it always happens. Like, 
the other thing that doesn't make a lot of sense is, well, this isn't this, this isn't just here, but you know, Joker uses a lot of gas, and what doesn't make a lot of sense to me is that how come he's not affected by the gas in any way? Um, I think it's isn't that always like kind of like with his character. I mean, even in Dark Knight Returns, he's not really. Well, he actually had nose nose plugs. Never mind. But um. um it's, it's sort of like a poison ivy thing where she's not affected by her own poisons. I think that's. I think I've seen that before. Maybe it's just inconsistent generally. There's the laughing fish right there. Yep. Huh. I see that their gas passed. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any ill wills towards this episode or, or this series or this episode, really. I mean, um,. But it is one of those things where it's like, are you really, do you really want to see Joker, you know, do act, do double double backflips and fight Batman? That that really does uh, strike me as odd. But um, and like and the Batmobile is like, again, very shiny. Like like leaves like a sort of like a neon trail whenever it drives around. And that's obviously Reno Romero, uh, Reno Romano, uh, as the, as the guy there. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> um, I think we talked generally about like I, I th- well, I think that we talked about the episode, but I think that we talked generally about um our th- our at least our initial thoughts in, in revi- revisiting this series. Um, are there any more points? Because we're at the kind of the end of it. Are there any more points that you want to kind of bring up in terms of like you know concerns or observations or? Likes or dislikes about uh, the Batman in, in this initial commentary because we do plan on doing other commentaries for the show. You know, for the most part, I mean, the big thing is this isn't a horrible episode by any means. It does set up the idea of what they're trying to get across, but there's a lot of things that I didn't like, and that's part of the reason, like, I didn't really see the show that much when it first came out was because, uh, you know, initially seeing how the Joker was going to be portrayed in the show, seeing how the the animation style kind of affected, it really, in a lot of ways, it affected the way I could actually see and, and appreciate the show. Now, that's not to say that, you know, later, like, later on down the road, I've seen all of the episodes now, you know, um, years later, I watched the entire series, and there, one of the things I have to say that is really good about the series is the writing. They did a really good job with the writing and uh, uh, developing the story to progress as long as it did, and I think with that, for that aspect, there's a lot of really good points. But when you look at, like, just this one episode, this one episode really does not make you look forward to future episodes, in my opinion. Um, outside of the, the decent writing and the decent nods to what you'll see down the line, when you know, focusing on Ethan Bennett and Alan, Alan Yin and these other characters, there's, there's points that, like, you know, have interest but when you just look at this episode and not even know what's to come for the series, there's a lot of things in this series that are just that just scream, yeah, don't don't watch me. The animation style, <laughs> the fact that the Joker looks like you know a monkey with Rastafin hair. I mean, like, there's a lot of things I just don't like about it. But I have an appreciation for it because I sat through and I watched the the entire series, and I can appreciate the fact of what they were trying to do in the long term. 
uh, episode to episode, not necessarily the best show to watch episode to episode, um, specifically because of all, because of the drastic redesigns of these characters. Okay. Um, I, I, if I, if I said before, uh, I might have said it off the air, but, um, I, I did see this first episode when it first aired, and when I saw it, I know I didn't hate it back then, but I said, you know, I don't really need to watch the series, so I kind of checked out of it. I do remember that Batgirl, what, one thing I hated, this is, this is my, my thing, I hated the fact that they introduced Batgirl before Robin in this show. Like, that, 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 that was a deal breaker for me. But when they did introduce Robin, that's actually when I started watching, uh, consistently. Not because I just tuned in just for him, but like, I thought the action, the writing got better. And because the tone of the series was a bit louder, I think it worked better when Robin was there. Because it kind of made it a bit more balanced, and obviously they introduced Judge of the characters later on. Um, um, Maybe to probably balance with some positive things. Like, you know, I, I kind of like the action. I think everybody is a bit too acrobatic. I remember at one point the penguin actually does some judo, which is freaking stupid. But, um, like, uh, in effect, he's voiced by SpongeBob. But, I mean, you know, a lot of this thing I do, I do think is a preference thing, uh, at least when it comes to myself. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of, like, you know, how, how, how chummy Alfred is. You know, I, I don't, I like Alfred as being kind of the heart of Batman, but, He's, you know, like, like, oh, Bruce Wayne must be at this Gators game. I mean, who cares if he's at a basketball game? You know, um, the idea that Bruce Wayne uh, and, and the cop played basketball as, in, in, like, high school or whatever is a bit odd for me. But, yeah, those are, those are kind of nitpicks generally. I mean, they do interpret that Bruce Wayne is Batman. He's fighting for, you know, uh, to avenge his parents and to, you know, route out crime in Gotham City. He's not exactly chummy with the cops. Uh, the Joker is a bit creepy. I actually thought that the thing with like, the guy in the Joker talks was actually very creepy. If, if a bit over the top. So, I mean, like, you know, there, there was, okay, there was nothing in this show or this, in this episode that made me think, how could they do that? That is totally wrong. How could they get away with that? I hate it. And um, it never crossed that line with me. You know, like, the Batgirl thing is a, is a preferential thing. Um, didn't they make Poison Ivy, like, a little girl or something? I don't remember seeing that later yep. on. Uh, Poison Ivy ends up being a friend to Barbara Gordon, and that's actually how they both become their own character is that uh, Poison Ivy, Pamela Isley, is the, is, a, is the best friend of Barbara Gordon. And huh. she gets into trouble doing some eco-terrorist stuff, but they're both in high school. And uh. one goes <laughs> off to the path of good, one goes off to the path of bad. But to, to speak to the, the other comment you made about you know Robin being introduced after Batgirl, a lot of that had to deal with the fact that Teen Titans, which was also produced by Glenn Murakami, was on the air at the same time. And when the show went off the air in 2006, that was right before season four, which I believe is when Robin was introduced into the series. So there was a reason they didn't have Robin right away, and it was because Robin was being focused on in Teen Titans, and they didn't want to basically have two different Robins on two different shows, which we've seen that a lot with different versions of Batman where they won't touch certain things if there's another thing going on. You know, that actually is like, um, um, not to extend the commentary, although I think it's interesting, that actually is something that, that this show is also memorable for, is that the Bat Embargo, because at the time, in Justice League, the Just- Justice League animated series had featured the Joker and, uh, you know, Clayface and other villains, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, Batman was the only character they could show from the Batman uh, comics to be on that cartoon, and every other character, like, just ceased showing up. Um, because it was, I know it was a combination of this and Batman Begins, like, they, they never, this show never had Scarecrow or Rachel Ghoul in it because of the movie, but, uh, conversely, Justice League never saw any of the other Batman characters again besides the, the main one, and, um, 
I know it was a conflict of interest. I know people didn't like that. I mean, it was a Justice League show, so I didn't need any, all of that many characters in there. Um, and I forgot that Teen Titans had wrapped up before they used uh, Robin. And I will say this. I, I actually think that uh, this version of Robin in this show later on is potentially the best version because of how they bring him in and how, kind of have him living with, in Wayne Manor. Kind of, kind of like the way they wrote him, I thought, was actually really uh, really effective. So that's something I, uh, I can look forward to in the future commentaries. So, um, like, generally speaking, I think at, at, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, there are things that I personally don't care for, but overall, this is a, you know, a very, um, it's a very, it's a very earnest interpretation of Batman for a new cartoon and a new audience, and at no point do I see anything and say that, you know, they got it completely wrong. It's just a style thing, and I, I, I definitely do appreciate it for what it is. Um, and, um, with that, that is our thoughts, <laughs> our extended thoughts on, more so the series, the Batman, but the uh, the Bat in the Belfry for the Batman cartoon. It's very weird saying that. You can find this and other commentaries on the Batman uh, Universe commentaries feed at the BatmanUniverse.net. We can find also a, a, a whole slew of podcasts to listen to. There's the Batman Universe podcast, the Batman Universe comic podcast, uh, Taking Flight, a uh, Robin and Nightwing podcast, Everybody Loves Drake, a Tim Drake Robin podcast, Batgirl to Oracle, a Bat- uh, Barbara Gordon podcast. Um, the TBU Collected, the Batman Universe Specials, the Bat- Batfans Podcasts, and um, hopefully many more, if that's not all of them. You can also email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net with any questions, comments, or concerns, or specifically suggestions for future commentaries that you'd like to be you'd like to us to do in the future, um, as well as join our Facebook group. Uh, a lot of the episodes we're focusing on now are episodes that have been suggested by fans who have either emailed us or leave us a comment on our Facebook group. So be sure to do one of those two things if you have episodes you'd like to be uh, commenterized by us, I guess. Um, and then also be sure to follow us on Twitter and YouTube for all the latest news and videos from the Batman universe. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut and paste that for future commentaries. <clears throat> so for this episode of The Batman, this is Donovan. This is Dustin. And um, thank you for listening to this commentary. We will see you guys at the next commentary. Take care. See ya. Steiner, check. McSwain, check. 223, new arrival, check. They all said I was sick in the head. They said I needed help. Well, maybe I am a bit batty. Blame it on the bats in my belfry. <laughs> you can also email us at thebatmanuniverse.net. No, no, no. I know I got it wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead with that. <laughs>